0: Then I thought, well, maybe I'll go on a gluten-free diet. I'm certainly not going to cook two different meals. Well, I did, and I already, at age 42 at the time, I was getting arthritis in my hands, just like my mom. Mm. I would, didn't have big knuckles at the time, but I hardly could bend my fingers anymore. I also had a shoulder that kind of froze up. It just was so painful even to cough. Well, I, after I went on a gluten-free diet myself, They all disappeared, both of those things. And today, I'm almost 68. I have no arthritis. Everything's fluid, and I'm kicking my heels up with joy.
1: Wow. Well, tell us how you, Arnell McAtee, start being a businesswoman. All right, you helped your kids. You helped yourself. You saw the light. How do you now start a business?
0: Well, because my background is in teaching and prosthetics, Mm-hmm. I had no business at all, no brain for business, but a friend of mine, well, there were several friends that were begging me to get my, I, well, I should back up a second. I started cooking for my family, and it took me eight years to come up with a bread that really was pretty delicious, hmm. and friends started saying to me, those of us who are gluten sensitive we have got to be able to eat that bread. you got to get that out there. <laughs> well, one friend of mine, Nancy, knew of a woman who owned a catering company. Hmm. And this woman hired somebody for the entire summer to try to come up with a gluten-free bread unsuccessfully. So she put me in touch with her, and that started my journey of just baking. And that particular woman, who was the caterer, told me how to source my ingredients wholesale and do everything to cut my costs so and also that I had to measure with a scale when I'm cooking not doing the eyeball thing because when you start cooking in quantity things have to be precise so she taught me quite a lot and I just went to our local health food store asked to speak to the manager told him I had this bread he tasted it and he said yes and that's what started it a loaf of bread
1: I mean I gotta play this sound bite for you because I can't interview Michelangelo, he's dead 500 years, I'm going to ask you. And with your hearing and your brain, they call it happy accidents. But it's not necessary. look at just what happened to you with Decatur looking for bread, and here you are trying to figure out how to sell bread. Listen to this soundbite, tell me what you think is going on here.
0: The late 1950s saw Kay playing on all kinds of rock and roll, R&B, and soul records as a guitarist and her success as a guitarist brought her to Capitol Records where a happy accident would shift her career into new territory. Kay was at a session where the bassist never showed up, so she volunteered to take on the duties herself. She grooved well in the session and loved the instrument. In an interview with Louder Sound, Kay explained why she loved the bass so much.
1: I dug being on the bottom of the band. It was my own little spot. I knew what to do and what to invent. She knew what to do and what to invent, but it's all a happy accident. To some extent, that's got to happen, right? I mean, you kind of need luck to fall your way, but you also need to have that drive when everybody tells you this ain't going to work. Where did you get that determination to keep going? Well,
0: (laughs) if I had to pick one saying that has been my life's motto, Hmm. where there's a will, there's a way. Hmm. And I have lived with that since I was born. Hmm that's how determined I am. Hmm. I don't give
1: up. The artfulness, though, in all of this, it's not so much, okay, I'm allergic to this, don't eat it, but that's where the beautiful creativity comes from, where you have that, the the art of mixing different flowers. Tell us a little bit about the creativity and the artfulness of not just solving the problem, but actually turning it into an asset. What that other people, a gift that other people don't necessarily have?
0: Well, that is quite, quite correct. In order to, see, gluten is the protein in wheat, and it's very stretchy, and it's very satisfying to sink your teeth into. And if you eliminate wheat, which is the most popular form of gluten, although barley, rye, and spelt are part of the same grass family, if you eliminate that, You've got to put your brain together to think, what combination of things can I blend to achieve that texture? So if you think of the word flour, which just means something ground up very fine, you have your grains, which in the gluten-free world would be most commonly rice and oats and maybe millet. Mm -hmm. Then you have your nuts, your nut flour like almond flour. You have your seeds like flax and chia and hemp. And then you have your starches like tapioca, potato, and corn, and each one of those combines with each other in very special ways, so that's where the art comes in. Mm. When I was thinking about making a cake mix, I wanted to bake a cake mix that didn't have sugar, so the consumer could add whatever they wanted for sweetener, and I didn't want it to have a flavor, because I wanted, like a true chef, a true creative cook, will just take a flour And they'll just make it chocolate, lemon, anything they want. Mm. That's what I wanted to do. But cakes in the gluten free world can be very dry. It's kind of like a piece of rice left in the refrigerator, it's Mm. like a rock. Mm. So I did research and found out that there was this root called cassava, and that's where we get tapioca from, by the way. Mm. But the whole root, when you grind it up and dry it, acts like a sponge. So it absorbs the moisture, and I thought, ah. That's what I'm going to stick in my cake mix. So I use some of that. So that's, that's the kind of brain thinking behind the scenes that can you achieve the exact texture that you want.
1: And where do you get this root? What farm is there? Is it in California or does it come from someplace else?